Today's episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored in part by Soulful Vibes. Are you looking to join a community that can help you manifest your dreams and learn how to evolve spiritually? Our friends at Soulful Vibes have got y'all covered. Soulful Vibes is a curated spiritual community created to educate and offer alternative methods of healing through spiritual and metaphysical products and services. You can consider them your spiritual healing marketplace here to provide you with everything you need to lead a better lifestyle. You can even shop based on what you're looking to manifest like love, money, success, health, you name it, they got it. They've provided us with an exclusive offer to share. So you can save 15% off of all of their products using the code JUJU15, that's J-U-J-U-1-5. Go ahead and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Soulful Vibes Co. That's C-O. And begin your journey of creating a life filled with soulful vibes. And all of that will be in the show notes. Now, let's get into the show. All you need is a little juju. Hello, hello. Hey, hello, hello. And welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about black. That is B-L-A-C-K. I'm black, y'all. I'm black, yo. I'm blackity black, and I'm black, y'all. Black ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, ourselves, decolonizing our spiritual practices on our journey to freedom. Why? Because the spirit of liberation is a spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. My name is Juju Bay. I am the host of a little Juju podcast. I come to this show as a medium a healer, in quotes, a psychic, a conjurer, a hoodoo practitioner, an orisha devotee, a pesapi gang gang. Um, and I also am a bad bitch witch. And uh, that's that's a little bit about me. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. Or if this is your first episode, hey, glad to have you here. Today, we are going to have an amazing interview with Emmanuel from Brands by Bass Night. So yes, we are talking to a conjure man. I know the guys, you know, sometimes guys reach out to me. They be like, where the conjure niggas at? Where the hoodoo niggas at? I'm like, I mean, it's hoodoo niggas out here. I don't know all of them, but I know some. So um, I've been connected to Emmanuel for a while. So I'm very excited for you all to get into this interview because we just talked about some real shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we talked about some real shit. So uh, very excited to um, open that space up for us today. Um, happy spring, right? Okay. It's giving the, the sun is staying out a little longer for us, you know, penetrating the melanin a little bit longer. It's still cold in Baltimore for sure, but it's nice to go out to look outside at 530 and it's not giving midnight. It's not giving midnight teas. So that means the spring is here. That means summer is approaching around the corner. Um, you know, we have our rituals here. Spring is is cleaning time, spring cleaning. I have not spring clean. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Let's drop the intro. Hold up. <laughs> All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is. All you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. And I'll never give play. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face. 
I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything gives me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never drop, drop. Why did I say we? I haven't sprang clean yet? What? I haven't sprang cleaned? I, it, that don't sound right. It should be like... I ain't did the spring cleaning yet or so. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. I need to drink my water. But um, yeah, so back to that spring cleaning, refreshing, new energy. Also, when we think about spring, obviously, this is the time where the fruits of our labor pop up. You know, the things that we have been thinking about, marinating on, planting, they're ready to sprout now. So be open to receiving what it is that you were planting in these other months in our harvest seasons. Now, technically, we already know that spring, I think technically spring is like March 1st or something. And so we can acknowledge that that's a spring. But the spring equinox technically is March, you know, 20th, 19th, 20th. Um, so really... Yeah, I guess it's technically not spring yet. I don't know. I saw somebody say happy spring. I was confused. But listen, the clo- the spring the spring line in fashion is coming out. So that's why it's a happy spring. But spring equinox is like March 19th, 20th. So we can also get to our spring cleaning then. Or, you know, I've talked to a lot of people lately who have been having housekeepers or people help them come clean. And um, I think that's such a good idea. And... You know, we are in the middle of a pandemic still. And uh, LaVon, shout out to Pastor Bay, um, always reminds me like when I feel down and sometimes discouraged or just even depressed and like, I can't do this. I'm so tired. I, I just don't feel like cooking. I don't feel like cleaning. She's like, girl, we in a pandemic. Like, <laughs> we're in a pandemic. Like, give yourself some grace. Give yourself some ease. So, if you can't do all the things for spring, if you can't do all the things just for yourself, if you can, get help. Get help, whether it's asking a friend to help, getting a cleaner to come and sweep the floors, get somebody clean the gutters out. I don't know, but it's okay to get some help, y'all. Um, so I just want to encourage us that whatever you're doing, like, it's it's enough, okay? Like, we're trying to navigate a completely different reality. It has been pretty much a year now since we've been in this moment of change and pestilence and greed, right? And and having to work through it. Little support from our government. Like, let's give ourselves some grace. Like, people is tired. We're tired. It's okay. I'm proud of you. I'm definitely proud of you. I don't even know what you're doing, but I'm proud of you because you're here you're still even committed to your healing and learning because you're listening to this podcast. So, you know, everyone take a break and just say, I'm proud of me. On three, one, two, three. I'm proud of me. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I'm so. Okay, so let's get into our interview soon. Of course, we're going to talk about donations and, um, yeah, how we can support a little juju pod and get into our wonderful interview. Oh my goodness, wait, pause. Before we get into donations, can we just talk about, can we talk about Pamela Coleman, Pamela Pixie Coleman, who is a woman who we don't know if she was black? Like what? I have a problem. I also just 
Facts. Okay. So for those who don't know, maybe this is your first episode. In during Black History Month, I think it was like on February 10th, I put out an episode about Pamela Pixie Coleman, who was an individual that I understood was the a black woman, black biracial woman who created or illustrated, I'm sorry, the Rider Waite deck, which is the most popular tarot deck to date. If you are familiar with tarot, you must be familiar with the Rider Waite tarot deck. She illustrated that, right? It's been rumored that she's been black. Um, I didn't do any research around her or who she was until the episode, but that's just something that I knew. People would always say like, yeah, the illustrator is a black woman, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, cool. So I wanted to uplift her for Black History Month. You know, it's a name that I didn't know much about. I didn't even know her name until I did the research. Upon my research, baby. Well, okay, I put the episode out. And then after, it's like the day I put the episode out is when I realized and had more research and had people reach out to me to say, yo, Sis is not black or it's rumored that she's black or there are some confounding variables that would suggest that she's actually a white woman cosplaying a Jamaican woman. Per further research, that is very true. I am not comfortable saying what the woman is because the thing about her life is that it is so, um, it's not documented too well, particularly around her race because she never said what her race was. She let people think what they wanted to think about her. Um, so even though it was rumored that she was biracial, she never confirmed or denied that she was. But what we do know is that the people that we know as her parents, that we know as her parents are two white people, right? So all that to say, I'm still gagged off the whole thing. (laughs) And I just had to say that here in a full episode. Last episode, I interviewed Courtney Alexander, who put out a, a TikTok about it. And um, yeah, we love research, right? We love getting more information and sharing it. But I'm just still gagged at the whole thing. (sighs) Shout out to all of us who are black and know we're black and look black. Well, not look black. I mean, black comes in a lot of ways. I'm not going to get into the race stuff right now. But my point is that, (sighs) again, I just want to say this again. I said it last episode and Courtney brought it to my attention There are so many black people doing amazing spiritual work, powerful spiritual work, who live their lives as black people, who we know are black, who take up black ass space, who deal with black people things, right? Anti-blackness. And so I'm just... You know, we can uplift those people that that are proud to say that they are black people and are descended from African people of African descent. Um, Because we created all of this. So, you know, I I feel like this is important to say because (sighs) I try to uplift and I only uplift black people on this show. And for there to potentially be a white woman (laughs) who made it to a little juju podcast. I'll tell you one thing. Pamela Pixie Coleman got some juju going on. I don't know what she is, but (laughs) she got something. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so just shout out to everybody black right now, you know, shout out to us, shout out to black people, shout out to black spiritualists, shout out to you. Even if you feel like you're not even super strong in your journey, that's okay. You still black baby. That means you got some juju just naturally in your bone. I just had to say that, um, (laughs) let's get into donations. 
regardless of if Pixie was black or whatever she was, we still pay black women around here. We still believe in blank, paying black people in general. We still believe in getting our just due. So, uh, particularly if you're listening to this show and you ain't black, I hope you, I hope you, you're sharing your coins. All right, let's get into donations. All you need is a little juju. So a little juju podcast is a free podcast for the public, but it is not free for me. It is a labor of love, um, but it does cost. There's website costs, cost to stream on SoundCloud Pro. There's cost for the mic and everything else, and also just you know paying black people, pay black women. So if you feel like this podcast has helped you on your journey, um, it has provided some assistance in your life, you've learned some things, you've been able to increase your life or it's fed you in some way, I ask that you donate to the show. There's a lot of different ways to donate that can be monetary or non-monetary. I'm going to talk about the non-monetary ways first. The first way is through Patreon. Patreon is a subscription-based site where you can donate as little or as much as you want uh, based on your coins and the tiers that I've laid out as some suggestions. And based on what you donate, you also get some additional content. So I do articles. I put articles up there. Some I'm about to actually put an additional little episode on my Patreon for the Juju Bays and Up. And so if you're interested in Patreon, go on to patreon.com slash J-U-J-U-B-A-E to become a patron and show your support to the show and get some other content as well. I want to shout out my newest patrons who I'm so grateful for as always. So big, big shout out to my patrons. Shout out to Simone Phillips. Thank you for upping your pledge. Shout out to Jaded Jade. Shout out to Elizabeth Jasmine for upping your pledge. Melanie Cooper. Hey boo for upping your pledge. Shout out to Am. Hey Am. I actually just got off the off a call with Am. Hey boo. Am is doing really powerful work around braids. And cornrows specifically that I'm very, very excited about. So shout out to Amber. Shout out to Amira. Hey, boo, for upping your pledge. Shout out to Jesse B. Janae Bonsu. Hello, my love. Thank you for upping your pledge. Shout out to Kelly Costello for paying for the year. Thanks, boo. Shout out to Devonna Monroe. Shout out to Anonymous because I have to just shout you out even though you told me don't say your name. I'm not, but I'm saying thank you to Anonymous. For upping your pledge, shout out to Alexis, shout out to Ave Rosemary, Sharique Robinson, shout out to Kavisa Wood, shout out to Zami Hemingway, Alicia Taylor, Robbie, Sophia, Caroline D, Stephanie Drake, Courtney Bex, Jay Titus, um, Diane Daniels. Chris Lester, Erica, Cabra, Tara, Wildish, Kimber Brown. Hey, Kimber, that's my friend from college. Emma Kelly, shout out to Aisha D. Shout out to Tatiana Seti Hajara Welch. And shout out to Ashley K. Nicholas. Hey, Ashley. Shout out to Felicia DeRosa, Nkechi, Nico Duran, Kennedy Harris, Conjure Chronicles, Jennifer Bearden, Bella Rose, Randy Chapman, Leela or Lelia, 
Shout out to Christina Stallworth. Alexa Esperanza. Check out Alexa's music, y'all. Shout out to Elle. And shout out to Julie. I hadn't done my patrons in a couple weeks, so we had a little long name. So thank you. So I was going a little slow. I was trying to get my my eyes as a child. But thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to my patrons. So much love, so much prosperity, so much good, yummy abundance to you. I appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for pouring into me. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the show and also, you know, wanting to learn more. Wanting to learn and hear what I got to say about all this spiritual stuff on the Patreon. So I appreciate you. I'm sending that energy back to you tenfold, a hundredfold. May all of the things that you want to accomplish, may you have the resources to do so. Ashe, amen, amin, namaste, all the things. I appreciate y'all so, so much. So thank you. If a uh, long time donations ain't your thing, but you want to just give a little short term donation, like, hey, boo, I appreciate you, Juju. You can always hit me up on the cash app, dollar sign, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, or on Venmo at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. And of course, outside of monetary, you can shout the show out. You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave reviews, tell people, help me spread the good juju gospel. I appreciate all of you who tag me. You tell your friends, you tell your mama, you tell your cousins, you tell your homeboy, your home base, your peoples. You know, I appreciate that. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for for pouring into me in that way as well. It means so much. I appreciate all my listeners. Y'all really... I ain't going to go on and on and on, but I could. If I had 10,000 tongues, y'all, that would make me take it to church, I wouldn't be able to say thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ashe and amen. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so let's get into this wonderful interview with Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a conjurer. Um, I don't even know if he identified as a medium, but I see him as a medium. A dreamer, very powerful dreamer. Um, and I'm just so excited for y'all and a hoodoo and a hoodoo. So I'm very excited for y'all to just get into this interview, just to have some real nigga talk, you know, and also to get into his products, which I personally love. So sit back and relax. Enjoy this interview with Emmanuel. If you are listening to the audio version, that's cool. But you can also head on over to JujuTube, aka YouTube, if you want to watch this interview or you could do both, you know, get the streams up, get the views up. Appreciate y'all. Enjoy. All you need is a little juju. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. And you are watching JujuTube, aka YouTube, where I bring the podcast over to visuals. So today I'm interviewing Emmanuel from Brands by Best Night, and I'm very excited. So hey, Emmanuel. Hey, what's up? Good. How you doing? I'm cool. You know, I'm in Chicago. It's like seven degrees outside and um i'm asking myself why do i live here other than that yeah not why do i live here i feel you on that one um so thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast today you were another person that i was just like oh i need to interview him like i just need to and you know we never before the other day we never really had a chance to just kind of have a one-on-one talk and so that was really good because I got to learn about a lot about you and really excited to share some of the things that I learned I was like oh I see why he needed to be on here I see why oh cool I appreciate that like <laughs> yeah like I feel like I share with you that like you know I'm a listener of the podcast and um I pick up a lot of what you're putting down so I'm just like happy to be here and yeah. you know hoping this makes for good listening and good watching for everybody out there 
Ashay, I think so for sure. So let's get right into the interview. Um, so who are you? Can you tell the people who you are, how you identify? That's how I start off all my interviews. Tell tell us who you is, who you be. All right, cool. Um, my name is Emmanuel Bass Knight. I live in Chicago. I've been in Chicago for about twelve years, but I'm originally from North Carolina, a small town on the coast, Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Um, I miss all that good seafood. Um. Man, like who am I? Like God knows. Like, I'm mean, like right now. I'm in the middle of like establishing like the second part of my life. So mm-hmm. who I am now, like right now, I'm just like integrating all sides of me into like my public uh, image or my public self. But you know, I'm just simply speaking, I'm just like a country dude, like living in Chicago. Like I'm the oldest of four. Um, wow. I'm a I'm a creator. I love mm-hmm. tinkering and making stuff. I love being a devotee to my ancestors. And, you know, in this second life that I was just talking about, like, I kind of feel like right now I've had to accept, like, you know, this is who I am and this is what I do right now. And that mm-hmm. has helped a lot because trying to, like, fight it only gave me like more stress and more headaches and i was like well fuck it <laughs> not doing that <laughs> nah uh-uh. this, yeah. this is where we at now i feel you so how do you identify spiritually you said you're a devotee to your ancestors what does that mean to you or do you have like a spiritual title or religions that you practice specifically i was raised christian uh so for the most part like my relationship to spirituality has been in a context of like black you know, Christianity, specifically the AME Zion Church. Uh, my mom's dad was a pastor, and then my mom's grandfather was a pastor. Um, okay. So for the longest time, anything spiritual for me was in the context of like Christianity. It wasn't until uh, my mother passed away in 2012 where I was sort of forced to like ask questions, but like fight for an answer. Mm. And the conclusion where I, where I arrived was just like, maybe the people who taught me Christianity, they could only teach me things about religion and spirituality that just got me to this point. And, mm. and I started to pay attention to a lot of like the cliche stuff that people tell you when you're grieving, like, you know, oh, God got a plan and, you know, it is just keep praying. And I'm just like, no, nah, but I'm telling y'all, like, you're telling me that my mother is dead, but I literally still feel like I have a mother. Like, I don't feel like I'm not wow. anybody's, like, son. Like, I feel like she's still here. And, like, I'm mm-hmm. having dreams where it's just, like, mundane slice of life stuff. And we, it's just me and my siblings and my mom, and we're just, like, watching TV. Or we're going to a family reunion. Or, like, we're just doing, like, super, like, you know, black <laughs> American stuff. And I'm just like, how come no one can answer this question? Mm. So um, I was in therapy at the time and my therapist gave me a book um, called uh, The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. And I ain't finished it. So I ain't gonna cry like I finished it. But what <laughs> I did read, like it gave me the answers that I couldn't get in church. And it helped mm. me come to terms with uh, death Specifically, my my mother's transition, it helped me to focus on the the quality of her transition as opposed to just being like super heartbroken that she died. Because like, right. as she will often say, 
Like we all getting up out of here, you know, somehow, some way. So that sort of set me on the track to sort of identify or look outside of like Christianity. Today, I just say I'm a voodoo practitioner. I know for some people that it may mean different things for like a lot of people, but for me, um, I sort of lead with like being a devotee to my ancestors first. Like I just made a meal last night. They had some chicken and some black peas and some cornbread and like, you know, some broccoli. And I was just like, right. you know, and like, that's just where I'm at now, you know? Um, and it's working for me, but it's also like, I'm on a transitional, you know, sort of path. Like I know that my path is going to lead me somewhere. Um, I know that where I'm at now, where I am spiritually is not like the, the final end, but like to answer sure. your question, I identify as like a hoodoo practitioner, but I come from like a Christian, you know, background. Yeah. Christian. Yeah. I was actually just going to ask that, but I guess you just answered like, you know, growing up, not just in the church, but you come from a legacy of preachers, essentially. So yeah. how does that, and how do you find Christianity if it does at all impact your hoodoo? Because some people say it does, some people say it doesn't. So curious for you what that looks like. Like, yeah, man. Like I grew up in one of those families where, like, you know, people would try to put like, you know, that preacher shit on you, like, oh, you can be a preacher. Like, you know, oh, you read so well, you know how to like, you know, conduct yourself in front of a group of people. Like, you can be a preacher. As if they're like no other career <laughs> out there that like <laughs> That's all you that got. Like public speaking and yeah, you know, all you know, all that kind of <laughs> shit. But um, I love us. Um, I this is where I'm at now, like my research, because that was a point in time where I was just like, forget church, you know, I don't need it. And then that sort of trends morphed into me taking a step back and looking at like the full spiritual identity of Black people in the South in the United States, and like. I know where we are now for a lot of people, it's just like super like anti-Abrahamic religion. And like, I'm not fronting, like, you know, I'm I'm in church every Sunday either. But mm-hmm. for me, honestly, looking at how our ancestors sort of live, they did use some Christian tactics, philosophy, principles, and practices. Absolutely. They also use what they were able to like hold on to from like them from their African spiritual identities. Like mm-hmm. and like I just sat back and I was just like, so why am I, you know, wrecking my wrecking my brain trying to figure out like is it one or the other? Or that, you know, I have to like sacrifice one to make sure that I'm being like super authentic, you know, when related to the other. And I was, that just like got me thinking about like being a black American. I am African and I am American. And <laughs> right. those are like, so I know like, you know, we throw the, throw the term out there, but it's like the term ain't come from nowhere. Like I have like equal parts, like Africanness and everything brought through the transatlantic slave trade and the diaspora. Right. And I also have like what I garnered, you know, being born on this land. And mm-hmm. that sort of turned into like me just like taking an honest look at like myself and just going like, I don't feel like I should like sacrifice any parts of myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have an answer for anybody in terms of like, you know, does Christianity belong to hoodoo? All I know is that when my cousin was murdered last August, mm-hmm. I felt compelled to pull up my cards. I did a reading and I got information about like how he was murdered, 
the mm. context of it, the circumstances behind it. And then like, I just had this nudge to just like pick up the Bible. And like, I don't like, I don't know the Bible out of the back of my hand. Like, you know, for as many, for, as much as my grandparents had me and my siblings in church, like I could probably give you one or two, one or two good Bible verses off the top of my head. Um, but I just sat and I closed my eyes and I took three deep breaths and I flipped through the Bible until I felt like I was told to stop. And where I stopped was pretty much like <clears throat> the story of Daniel being set up by, you know, these co-conspirators, like these people who like conspired Ooh. to like kill him. And that's exactly what happened to my cousin. Ooh. So I knew I knew I had to work with that passage. And yes. my cousin's murders were identified quickly. Um, and like, who am I to say like, you know, well, you know, this was used to torment my ancestors, this being a religion, as it was. But, like, in that particular moment, like, my Christian as ancestors was just like, pick up that Bible Open it. and yeah. flip through it. And now I'm just, like, super used to just being, like, a vessel and receptive. So, you know, I was told to use it. I use it. I don't use it every day. Like, well, I used to have right. my Bible on my altar, but now I took it off. Um, but, like, I'm still in here, like, I'm turning on some Clark sisters. <laughs> like, okay. So I get, like, you know, the urge to. So, like, I don't even know if I answer your question. I know, like, and I, like, I don't try to do a lot of, like, proselytizing um, in terms of, like, what who do should be and how you should reckon with it. Because I kind of mm-hmm. feel like a part of being American and a part of who do is, like, knowing God for yourself. Because right. our ancestors were sort of forced to, like, practice in private. Like our oppressors didn't like they we didn't have the leeway of like holding like large group assemblies in the pub in the public and mm-hmm. convening regularly. So a lot of our practices were done like individually based or in like super small groups. So like to me, like that just reminds me of like when my granddaddy always used to be like, you know, you need to know God for yourself. Like I can't like I can't tell you who God is and your grandma can't either. Right. And that definitely has forwarded into like my Hulu practices. So I don't know if I answered the question. You did. You did. And I think it's important to talk about because, and I find in my own personal journey, I've been picking up the Bible a lot more, like a lot, lot, lot more. And I think I went through my whole phase as a lot of people do not to call this a phase because some people truly believe this and that's fine. But like that there's no space for the Bible or Christianity at all in hoodoo. Um, And you just, it's like, well, th- there has to be because you just provided a, a beautiful example of how you were able to tell a lot about what happened to your cousin through literally biblical divination, um, yeah. which is a valid form of divining, which I do often too. My ancestors are often like, girl, if you don't go pick that Bible and go to Psalms, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right. okay, <laughs> let, me, right. let me open the Psalms. I, I, I know, like for me, the rubber hits the road when you go from like theory to like practice. Yeah, there are a lot of beliefs that we have about who that like make sense in theory, but sure. like when you go to like do work, when you like commune like with your ancestors, like you know, it's like that's where you're sort of forced to like test like you know all the shit you read on Facebook and all the stuff somebody told you like with like what's like applicable. And had I been on some like you know, fuck Abraham and religions and da 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 I wouldn't have been able to have a sneak peek at the resolution. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And like stand in that 
while I like support my aunt, aunt and uncle as they went through like their son being murdered and then trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to do like a funeral during COVID and all of this stuff. Like mm-hmm. I knew, like I knew what happened, and I also mm-hmm. knew what the resolution was gonna be. So like I. I, I look at hoodoo now based on like a lot of the reading that I've done is like I try to practice it how our ancestors practiced and I kind of feel like it's not 100% accurate to be like you know the Bible has no place in hoodoo like you can definitely focus on like the Africanness of it yeah but in this country like the predominant religion was like Christianity. And for a lot of our enslaved ancestors, like just being able to go to church was all was like the only like social gathering they were allowed to do. So why wouldn't they infuse like hoodoo into like church? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like like to me, like it doesn't make sense. So I just try to do my best to like strip any like kind of like um political correctness or like assumptions away, like, you know, from like a modern person's point of view, like looking at like what hoodoo should be and just like mm-hmm. honestly just try to like be like, well, how would people practice it then? And then how can I sort of like remain or hold on to like the truths of that, but also be like, you know, super cognizant of like the time I live in now. Cause I feel like, well, now we do have opportunity to like gather in groups. And like, right. you know, ring shout, praise and share, right. you know, share and teach and all of this stuff, whereby our ancestors didn't. But that doesn't mean that like we necessarily have to walk away from the part of Hulu that I feel like forces you to like learn God for yourself. Like I feel mm-hmm. like we can do both. I feel like there's a duality in Hulu, just like there's a duality to being black in America that like needs to be like lifted up. Right. And, you know, we're in a time where we get to say what it is. Like, we get to call the church hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Like, we get to say mm-hmm. certain experiences that we have had in church weren't just about Christianity or Jesus at all. But that, yeah. that was some hoodoo shit going on. Or that yeah. was our Africanness popping out. You know, we see that yeah. throughout the Black church. And I think that's really what's amazing for us now. It's like, okay, we can do hoodoo however we want. We can go to church and read the Bible. But, like, we also get to name it as such in a way that right. I don't think our elders um, cared to, wanted to, thought to. I don't know. Yeah, or, like, yeah, or like, needed to. Or I'm needed like, to, like, right. I'm pretty sure people gonna watch this episode and be like, you know, who come this capping ass Jesus nigga here talking about church, blah 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 blah. Like that's no, not. They not, <laughs> they um, not but I hear you. <laughs> but often, like what I think about is like we are so tied to like Africa and the countries of like Western Africa, where like our like forefathers and foremothers were taken from. Like even to this day in church. Black people don't, black people praise the Christian God like Africans praise their deities at home. Like all of this like shouting and anointing and like possession, what you call it, catching the Holy Ghost, like that is a direct correlation to how our folks like convene and praise and call down like their deities at home. And I Mm -hmm. kind of feel like if anything, the job of Udu is to like brush the dust off off the connections to be like, hey, you know, we didn't just create this stuff like, you know, when we were brought to this stinking ass country, like, like we brought this with us from somewhere else and somewhere else yes. is like over there, you know what I'm saying? So like, right. I, I, that just goes back to my point of like me thinking or feeling like 
well, I shouldn't have to deny like one part of myself because, you know, because I'm both. Because <laughs> I'm both. <laughs> it's something you said when we talked last week. You said, um, does it matter that the art that I like isn't a frame that I don't? I think that's what you said. That was the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. Like, um, and like, that's honestly how I feel about like where I am right now, like my spiritual path. And it's like, it's not that like, I'm in here like, you know, wrestling with this. Cause for the most part, I'm just trying to wrestle my timeline down cause I got too many things going on. But like, I just kind of feel like if you were to take a picture of like an authentic, like who do ask, excuse me, like experience, like, you know, back in like the early 1900s, like late 1800s, like, you would see some of everything and I just kind of feel like that picture is what I'm like working to get like a clearer view of and if it's put in the frame of like you know some United States of America bullshit or the frame of like you know white Jesus like I can ignore the frame and focus on like the picture and I kind of feel like I shouldn't have to like dislike the picture if it's like if it comes in a frame of like Lord have mercy like America and and, like and Mm -hmm. this bullshit and like mm-hmm. a lot of this too, it's just like being honest about like where we are and like how we got here and like how we mm-hmm. survived and like mm-hmm. motherfuckers really did what they had to do. Like I don't feel like anybody was just like, yeah, let me worship this white ass Jesus motherfucker. It was just like, man, like if I if I indoctrinate into this like religion, that would give me more time on the weekends to spend. You know what I'm saying? Like my family, <laughs> whatnot. So it's like right. I won't do it, but you know, my hat to, and it's just, <clears throat> I don't know, it's so complex, and uh, I don't feel like it's as simple as going, like, you know, church is bad, and, you know, everything else is good. I kind of feel like with everything else in this country, it's just complex, and you have to, like, take a step back as much as possible, look at the bigger picture, and figure out, like, where you fit Absolutely. in it. And that's all I try to do. Yeah, and I love that because, you know, I think that it gets to a conversation that I would like to have more. And this isn't even a question. I write down none of these questions I'm asking you, but this is just getting good. But it, cool, it's just cool, making cool. me think about, um, you know, our ancestors. Sometimes we talk about them as if they just kind of went along with Christianity, didn't have any ideas about anything. They were just mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I guess I got to go yep. practice mm-hmm. Christianity now. Yep. And like they, that they couldn't have possibly been empowered. They couldn't have possibly had. I use the word choice very carefully but some kind of choice to be strategic like there's just you know and I don't want us to keep talking about them like that I mm-hmm. mean maybe some of them were like well shoot let's see what they talking about like I mean there's so yeah. many possibilities of what people thought and why they did what they did again like if you're survive when your survival is on the line you do what the fuck you need to do and some right. people felt like they were just like, oh, fuck this shit, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? And like, put themselves out. Some people ran away. Some people chose to stay in the door. Like, I don't feel like, I'm always scratching my head when I hear like other black people like talk negatively about like our enslaved, like, you know, ancestors. Cause I'm just like, man, like, you have no idea, like, one, how close you are to being like, you know, enslaved yourself. All it would take is a stroke of a motherfucking pen. Um, you know what I'm saying? And look at like look at these past four years. You pretty much had like <laughs> you had uh refugees and camps and shit. You had people locked down, like you had a whole swath of people who like, you know, not allowed to come into the country. Like it ain't that far, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, of a possibility. 
But then on top of that, like, when your whole objective is, like, to survive, like, I don't know. I just kind of feel like a lot of niggas, they, 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 they super weak. They could, could not handle, like, a fraction of what our ancestors, like, dealt with. Uh, dancers don't have, like, the testicular fortitude to deal with it. But then it come off and just be like, oh, why didn't they fight? Why didn't they this? I don't know, I don't know. To me, it's just like a whole bunch of embedded anti-black, yes. anti-African bullshit. Yes. Um, and they don't even realize that they're exhibiting it. But to me, that's what it looks like. Yes. Whoo, that was good. Thank you for that. Um, I want to get to something that uh, we talked about. And it was around in hoodoo. It's enough to do what your ancestors say. And so I think a lot of times with... Um, I guess me having the podcast or or whatever, a lot of people will reach out and be like, hey, I want to do this type of spell or this type of work. Mm -hmm. And I read, I need these three things. What do you think about it? And it's always so hard to answer questions like that for a myriad of reasons. But one of the main ones being like, well, I don't know what your people want you to do or the way your people did this type of work is the way my people did this type of work. So I want you to talk about that because we talked about that the other day and I was like, yes, (laughs) please bring that that's enough to do what your people say. <laughs> yeah, listen. So, uh, this and tell the year, plant I story. To, I know, right? This <laughs> year, I stepped into like my like role as a creator because um, yeah. I've always been like artistic. Look, you know, little motherfucker like came out of womb drawing and painting. My mom made sure I had like art supplies all the time and everything. So, but wow. I've gotten away from that. You know, career, job, work, niggas you know what I'm saying, just distracting you, like, you know, from everything. So I was like, I'm getting back to this this year. Because um, mm-hmm. Brands by Bath Night kind of showed me, uh, my skincare company sort of showed me that, like, I like concepting and, like, creating, like, manifesting, like, you know, mm-hmm. ideas. Um, so for me, like, my folks tell me stuff to do all the time. And I finally stopped, like, you know, going to other people, going online to Google, like, you know, well, what is this flower? Like, what is, how is this working a candle? Because I realize, like, people don't know. Like, people don't know this, this wooden divination set I'm supposed to make because, like, it won't for people. Like, it was for me. Um, right. So I had to, like, get super comfortable, like, receiving these messages. And I do get up a lot. I have a whole wall over here with, like, notepads and shit I'm supposed to, like, make mm-hmm. in the next wow. two years. Um, but I also had to, like, trust that, like, you know, for whatever reason, like, this particular thing needs to exist through me so i'm just gonna do it um i feel like one of my favorite stories about like trusting to like, trusting your folks and doing the work that they want you to do is like this little plan right here um uh, yeah. so this is uh whitfieldia elongata um also known as a white candle flower plant i've had it for like two years um she's looking good i call it big mama so i just be like hey big mama how you doing um hey, big mama like two years ago, I had a dream where I was in it, and I'm a I'm a dreaming motherfucker. So like, I guess you would call it like clairvoyance, but I kind of hate those clair terms because it sounds like a little too like mainstream, like witchy. But you know, and when I'm asleep, dead people tell me stuff, and they yes. show me stuff. I had a text a cousin this morning because I had a dream about her uh, and her granddaddy. But um, in this dream, I'm driving down this road. There's these purple morning, gl- morning glory flowers um, all over the place. And I come to a fork in the road. I get out of the car. And I was like, well, I'm just going to walk, follow these flowers. Mm-hmm. And the flowers lead to, like, this uh, trellis, excuse me, behind, like, this big white church. But it's, like, the back of the church. And um, 
there's this woman with like this denim vest and this low cut like purple hair. It was like real curly. Mm. She had like buttons and pins all on uh her vest. And there was somebody who was walking away with like a bag of like flowers that was growing in his trellis. And I was just like, churches do this? <laughs> Flatter churches like gay flowers to people. And she was like, yeah, people in the community, like they come and they use these flowers for all types of things, like teas and then their baths. And I was mm-hmm. just like, man, that's pretty cool. Like nobody ever did this in my granddaddy's church. It's like, you know, that I knew yeah. of. Um, and she was like, yeah, people use these flowers just like the white candle flower. And I was just like, huh? And she was like, yeah, the white candle flower. She was like, you don't know what the white candle flower is? And then like, I woke up. So first I'm like, all right, bitch, like, don't be shading me in my dreams. But I genuinely did not know. You know what I'm saying? So the fact, I'm just like, huh? You're just like, oh, look at this nigga. Like, he don't know nothing. So then I immediately just like get on the computer and I'm just like, in the midst of like taking a shower, getting dressed, trying to go to the bus and make it to work, like I'm like researching, like you know, furiously, like trying to find out like what a white candle flower is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to eliminate what it what it wasn't, and then eventually I came to a page, or somebody sent me a link to a page that talked about this particular plant. Um, so when it blooms, the flowers are white mm-hmm. and they're super fragrant. And from what I read, like it uh, originates in like Western Africa and it was used in a lot of like love work, um, attraction work. And like the leaves are like supposed to be medicinal, but I was like, I ain't eating no leaf. I don't care what kind of flower it is. So like now I'm legit like taking care of this plant, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm supposed to use the flowers like in some product, like for Mm -hmm. my people. And like if I was on some like, well, I'm going to add you know, everybody else, what they think, and I don't about to know about this, but I ain't gonna do it. Like, I would not have known anything about this plant. I would not have right. known how I'm supposed to use it. Like, and that probably would have deaded the relationship between, like, my folks and me. Cause, like, now they tell me all kinds of stuff. Like, I have to make all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but, a conjure, like, I know, right? But, like, I had to tell somebody last week, like, yo, like, it's like a song and dance sometimes because like yes there's a collective like you know like hoodoo and like diasporic like you know consensus when it comes to like this type of work right but then on this land and in your lineage there may be like super specific things that won't make sense to like anybody else um Mm -hmm. and they're not supposed to so like why would you like break your neck trying to get validation from like people outside of your line like you might be better off like talking to some of your other folks and seeing like how this herb was used and then, you know if anybody lived in a particular like part of town and any stories around like a specific location like mm-hmm. i just kind of feel like if we have a solid 15 years of like black people black americans who practice hoodoo doing that like the um, what's 15 but 21 2036 like it's gonna be on and popping like I feel like yeah. you can see like who do talk in like universities some all types of like festivals we can see like uh, creative and content born like right out of like you know black American spirituality like I just feel like that's the type of work that needs to be done and I feel like I'm trying to contribute you know what I'm saying like to that of so. course right I'm also practicing what I'm preaching around here. All you need is a little juju. I hope you all are enjoying this episode with Emmanuel Bass Knight, but I had to stop because I got to shout out Divine Flambeau right now. So listen. 
Divine Flambeau is a one-stop shop. It's online spiritual boutique. They sell crystals, infused prayer and manifestation candles, guided journals for shadow work, hmm, scripting journals, pre-made spiritual bath kits, affirmation pens, plus much, much more. And yes, y'all, they're Black-owned, of course. Be sure to check them out today for all of your spiritual needs at divineflambeau.com. That's D-I-V-I-N-E-F-L-A-M-B-E-A-U.com. Or on their Etsy shop, etsy.com slash shop slash divine flambeau. Hit them up on social media, Facebook, IG, Twitter, and YouTube at divine flambeau. Okay, let's get back to the show. Shout out to divine flambeau. All you need is a little juju. Yeah, we love to see it. And I think it's so important to go back to our people. And, uh, and of course, it's not that you you can't ask around or that you don't reach out to right. people and build community. Like, oh, how have you used, you know, mm-hmm. sweet basil? Like, that's fine. Yep. But I think you will always get the best information if you go to your people, if you go to your lineage. Because, again, if you Google that flower plant, I'm sure, I mean... I actually had never heard of it until you said it. <laughs> you told me about it. Now and I kind of just stopped telling people about it because they just be like, you know, I'm pretty sure people are like, I feel like they're just like, we go making up shit. But like, <laughs> no, nah, like, it's a legit plant, you know, and it's, I, I feel like just to build on something you just share, like going to your people to me, because I have people just like, well, what, like, how do you do that? Like, what do you do? And yes. I was like, mm-hmm. what I do is I'm very upfront with them and I just be like, and y'all know I don't know nothing about this plan. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, y'all the ones who told me about it. So I'm gonna let you tell me like the rest. You know, I'm gonna go off me doing my work. You know, I ain't gonna be sitting idly by, like, you know, wait for you to come to me. But I am open and receptive when you feel like sharing information. And right. usually nine times out of ten, like I'm always shown something, reminded of something, getting mm-hmm. the urge to try something. Um mm-hmm. and like they've never been like off. Never. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I know people will probably think like, well, he's a dreamer. Like y'all are, y'all have gifts. And it's not necessarily about that. Like, of course, spirits tell us things in dreams or whatever. But again, you can see it's in signs. It could be mm-hmm. in a song. It could be you come across something on the internet that was like, and it just like hit you like, oh yeah, that's what I need to, that's what I need to do with that. So it's not always about a spirit coming down to you like, hello. Yeah. This is this plan, mm-hmm. and yeah, you right. it don't always happen like that, right, and that's right. okay. Most mm-hmm. of the time, it might not <laughs> if that's not your gift, and it's okay. But to me, that reminds me of like, um, because I'm teaching like an intro to tarot class at um, this black metaphysical, black owned metaphysical store uh, here in Chicago at the end of the month called a Lotus Den. But um, a good portion of the class, like, I'm gonna devote to like talking through understanding how spirit talks to you. Yes, get into it. Everybody does not have the same channels or the same stations, you know what I'm saying? Or the same like devices. Like like I used to want to see dead people all the time. But I'm like, they don't pop up to me while I'm awake. Now when I'm asleep, like, you know, it's another story. But like, <laughs> you know, if I were to just totally like base my relationship or my ability to receive messages on like being a medium and mediumship then I would be like denying myself like, you know, any other type of um, pathway to like uh, creating a relationship like with spirit. So when I had, to, I had to be like, okay, I'm a dreamer. And that thing would be like, you know, how y'all communicate. So I would just make sure like I do what I need to make sure I get like a solid eight and good quality sleep, 
and uh, making sure I'm like keeping like a dream journal so I can like capture all of this stuff. But I didn't spend like my waking hours trying to be like something, um, you know, not or trying to, mm-hmm. excuse me, to create like more pathways for communication that weren't like inherently mine. And that's not to say like, you know, I guess you could learn how to do those things. I don't really know. But I was focused on like being a dreamer and like receiving messages like in my dream state and then making sure that I'm like, passing on the messages if they're like related to certain people or like mm-hmm. chronicling them in my journal so I can like record them. And that's it. Yep. You gotta stay, we gotta stay in our respective lanes. Basically. And listen to our spirits within that lane. And that's okay. Yeah, because now everybody's on some like Pokemon shit, like trying to catch all the clears. Like, you know, I got I'm gonna clear this and clear since you and clear all the da 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 and it's just like you might be but you might not be and it's okay. But if you are, does it matter if you're everything, if you're like a mediocre, you know what I'm saying? Like Claire and everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like you're an empath, but if you spend all day trying to read cars and convene with nature spirits and like, you know, be Claire sentient and all this other stuff, like how are you like feeding and cultivating like your like inherent empathic like abilities? Like, right. What that muscle? I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Getting strong in the thing and sticking mm-hmm. to that and letting spirit see your consistency and speak to you through that. Mm-hmm. That's a valid point. That's a valid I mean, point. I'm just I'm just sharing what I learned, man. Cause yeah. like I've started reading cards, <clears throat> tarot first, that transition into playing cards. And there was a part of me that's just like, I want to read with everything. And then I was just like, no, nah, let's just focus on these cards, man. Like, chill out. Yeah. And like, my car practice has gone so fucking deep because I chose to just like focus like on that. That has also opened ways for me to like rewater and rebones mm-hmm. and reshells. And it's just like I had to stick with that one discipline like long enough. So I guess like to prove my like proficiency, but then also to get me in like. Uh, a comfortable state of like channeling like information you know what I'm saying right. so now I read like a couple of things but like it all started with like cards and even the way I read cards now is like I'm way more immersive than how it was like when I first started out and I feel like that only happens because I chose to like stuck with it right and because yeah. what it sounds like is that you just listen to what your people and what your spirit, I guess, is telling you to do and just focusing on that thing. I know as someone who also reads cards, again, a lot of people will be like, well, I don't know what the numbers mean. Um, and I went through that, too. When I first started reading cards, I asked one of my friends, I was like, mm-hmm. uh, can you tell me what every number means? Because I don't know. And she was like, girl, yep. you can read. Go and sit with him. And and then she told me a little general stuff, but she was like, go sit with your people. And I did. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what the numbers mean. And if I Google what what five means, it's kind of the same as how I read it, but it's going, it's kind, it's a different spin and energy on it. I can't and, Google what five means. And it don't hit the same. It don't, either. right. You know what I'm saying? Like it just like it just doesn't. And like I've had to, I've had to go through that. <laughs> Lord mercy. I started reading one, one deck of playing cards. And then I had another deck that was just sitting around and I used that deck to look into like my cousin's murder. And I mm-hmm. heard this boy say two and one. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, I know two people like playing to yeah. like, you know, kill him. And they was, I heard it again, two and one as I'm holding this deck. 
So I look on my office, what have like the deck where I use to recline it. And I was like, I know y'all don't want me to add this red and black deck to this red deck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I'm supposed to add like two decks to one to read with this. This wow. is crazy. So I did it, did it for like a couple of months. And then, um, and the readers were like super like on point. And then I ended up getting another deck supporting this Kickstarter. Um, and I think it's the natives, the natives playing card deck or the natives deck. Mm-hmm. And um, I put that deck out of packaging and just like, like <laughs> my arms started like shaking, and I was like, oh shit! So then you know I divine and I was just like, am I supposed to read this deck? This is the yellow deck, and I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, um, am I supposed to add this to the other two decks? And I got a yes, and I was like, are y'all serious? And I got my pendulum, and I was like, I got a yes. So I was like, how am I supposed to read with three decks? And one, like, this is crazy. Yeah. But then I had to sit with it for like a week and then it like hit me and I was just like, oh, I know exactly how these joints like work. And I know like what, what each deck represents. And I also know, so I was like, everything just sort of like wow. came together. So now I read with three decks in one. Wow. <laughs> and, oh, um, for a second, I was just like, I don't know if this is like the norm. Like, do people really do this? And then I had to be like, this is what I was told to do. So I really do it. (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) How I read is like not have somebody else like teaches it or whatever. So, yeah, right. Yeah, that's just another story of like listening to your folks and staying in your lane because, yeah, man, three decks in one. Like, that's where I'm at now. I was like, let's try to have another deck. Yes, three decks. I love that. No. I love that. It gets crazy sometimes, but it's I, cool. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So I want to sort of change the pace a, a little bit. So my, my next question for you is, <clears throat> where the hoodoo niggas at? Because <laughs> where, where are the hoodoo niggas at? <laughs> I'm asking that question, though, in all seriousness, because I think in a lot of spiritual spaces from the church to hoodoo to whatever it is, it is it was filled with women and that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. And so I'm curious about your experience in this space that is heavily populated with women. And then how you think that, how you connect with other conjure men, if you do, and how can this space facilitate more healing for black men specifically in a hoodoo context? That was a lot yeah. of questions. So just, no, it's not, I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's one question. I get it. And like for, I want to say maybe like 2016 when I started finding like these like online groups and these online people and and like a lot of like great women like to this day I'm just like you know I owe Mama Rue like you know ooh, a huge debt of gratitude because like meeting her kind of like you know like put me on like a certain path but I ended up asking her I was like how come all of these spaces are like filled with like women and she <laughs> was like you know plain and simple like when when dudes come into this space, they always be trying to fuck. And especially if they're in positions of like authority or power and she's like, so it's kind of like the community and the space has learned to go on without these kind of men. Cause like, who got time for that? And I was, when she told me that, I was like, I mean, I'll blame you. But like, I do often wonder like, well, man, like, you know, where, where, where the brothers at? Like, you know, as a community, can we really heal if like we don't heal black men? or we don't create a space mm-hmm. for black men to heal themselves. And that's not to say, like, I don't enjoy the spaces and the affiliations and the people I've met. Um, 
But I ain't trying to hear nobody talk about using their period blood <laughs> again. Like, oh my God, like, blow my fucking brains out. And every time I see a post, it's like, has anybody used that in this brain? I'm just like, all right, I'm out. You know, Listen, we're trying to figure it out, okay? I know, and, that's, and I'm just like, and I can't be up in here like, oh, here you go again, because this ain't my face, you know what I'm saying? So right. part of me being in these spaces is like uh, respecting and honoring like the women who created them and like, their inspiration for creating them, but being in those spaces has forced me to realize that like there aren't a lot of spaces for black men to like address um, black male spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't have an answer. Like recently, I just uh, offered a discounted uh, thirty-minute reading, like for black men only, on my site. Okay. Um, wow. Out, uh, at um, com. But um, yeah, it's just like I wish I had an answer to like where they are because I know like I know they out there. Mm-hmm. Like, because I get a lot of like one-off questions and DMs, you know what I'm saying? But I just kind of feel like, man, ugh. that is why I have to be like more visible. Uh, I feel like visibility is the key. Like, if we don't see hoodoo niggas out in the world doing hoodoo nigga shit, then other brothers won't feel like there's, like, a space for them. And I hate to say that because it's just like to say, like, well, you know, the space that exists now, like, isn't for men. And that's not what I'm saying. But, like, people yeah. relate to people who look like them, who share their experiences and their values. Right. And, like, for a lot of men, like, I don't know if they would necessarily feel comfortable being vulnerable enough to learn in a lot of these spaces that I've been built to like protect, uh, promote, um, and nurture like black women to the point where it's just like, um, and black women need that shit too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying like these spaces like don't need to exist. I just feel like people need to, people should have the opportunity to get their medicine in ways that best suit them. And in this particular instance, I kind of feel like, I don't know if there's any medicine for black men right now. You know what I'm saying? Like in a broad culture, especially from like hmm. a, a ATR or hoodoo perspective, I should say, like, I don't know. So I'm just trying to do my part on like a small scale, but eventually I feel like there was be some type of platform for brothers to like feed themselves and like get that spiritual medicine. Um, right. Cause I see the need, I see the need like, all the time, excuse me, all the time, like, the most I try to do is, like, make sure the men around me, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, like, they getting, like, the medicine they need, especially if they call me up and ask me, so, like, I give them a reading, I pray for them, I do, like, whatever, like, you know, I can, but I ain't out here on no, like, purple dollar type shit, you know what I'm saying, like, trying to recruit motherfuckers and get ties <laughs> and start a group, because I don't feel like that's not my ministry, but yeah, we need something. Definitely. And do. What do yeah. you feel like black men could get out of hoodoo specifically? Or, or maybe even what have you gotten out of it that you think is unique to your experience as a as a black man? You know what? Uh, um that is a really good question. Um and I don't know if I have a specific answer. Um I do know that like I've I've learned the value of like being still and I don't feel like I don't know if black men this is huge generalization are comfortable with the notion of being still because like 
in a capitalistic society, like our whole worth is tied to how much we can like produce. Right. And how much we can like provide. So being still is just like you're not making anything, you're not bringing in anything. So you're kind of useless. And like nobody wants mm-hmm. to be useless. So you have like generations of men who are just taught that like you got to be on the move, you got to be on the ground. If you ain't bringing that home, you ain't no man, you ain't this and that. And, like every like so much of our identity and space is tied to just like working and being on the go. And it's just, like all of those things are like kind of like distractions. Like you know they're like obligations, of course, but they shouldn't be obligations to the point where like you don't have time to like sit and just like listen to music or sit and like talk to your like deceased ancestors or sit and spend time with your family or just sit and like spend time with yourself like that's when like the messages and stuff like come through you know what i'm saying like if you're not even getting like six hours of sleep then how the fuck you supposed to have like a decent ass dream how somebody supposed to come to you in your dream and you getting like three hours of sleep a night and you tossing and turning on me. You tossing and turning. They're going to be like, she, he ain't even in his REM stage yet. Like, how are we supposed to talk to him? Like, so, like, being, the value of being still, I learned, yes. ooh, I learned it the hard way, like, through voodoo. I kind of feel like black men could, like, I feel like that could help because I feel like it will look different for, um, for a black man to explain to other black men, like, the importance of being, like, still. Um, I've also learned that, like, nature is the shit. And the reason I say that is because, like, a lot of us live in, like, urban, like, developed areas, so we don't really get a chance to be out, you know what I'm saying, in nature. And I'm just kind of like, bro, like, nature will, like, ground and humble your ass at the same time. And, like, you think you on big shit and you think you calling shots, like, you might be on your block, but, like, spend a night in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was Let's see what a real boss saying. Exactly, exactly. Like, okay. right? Like you don't want shit. You don't want shit around here, Tyreek. Like you don't want <laughs> nothing. Uh, these my woods, nigga. Um, like appreciation of nature. Um, absolute like appreciation of like women, mm-hmm. like especially black women. Nah, not especially black women. Period. Um, I just kind of feel like it, it, and like I'm a big old like flaming flaming homo, you know what I'm saying? So it ain't like I'm like out here like trying to wife up anybody, whatever. But like I appreciate like the the union and the like relationship between like black men and black women. If hoodoo has taught me anything, it's taught me that um black people, period, um, have not had a chance to love each other not under the oppression of like racism. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so I had a friend ask me the other day, she was just like, you know, like, what is black love? And I was like, honestly, I don't know if we can even get a true depiction of black love because, like, everything we think about is under the pressure of, like, fucking, like, racism. So, like, if you take racism out of picture, then I feel like you can get, like, an authentic, like, depiction of, like, love mm. between black people. But, like, if, if, if our relationships are based on us doing what we need to do to like survive and work with fucking like a white enemy, it's so much of so much of the energy could go to the relationship itself. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like reading about who do like approaching like womanhood and manhood from like a spiritual perspective, um, and that goes to that actually goes to like we're same gender relationships and like you know all type of relationships on the spectrum. 
like it's giving me like a new appreciation for like how black people love, Can love. black people and like i don't know they just got this was turned super mushy and i don't like mushy but like i yeah, love it go I, ahead i just kind of feel like you know learning about like so for example like i do last year i was just meditating on you know, how can I help, like, black men, like, you know, like, like, pay attention and be aware of, like, the spiritual, like, health. Like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so what ended up happening is, like, my reading started, I started getting all these messages from, like, deceased black men. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about a range of things, like, missing, you know what I'm saying, the significant others and wishing they uh, were better fathers and wanted to, like, um, wanted to play matchmaker and like you know hook their the door introduce their daughter to like you know this guy who they felt yeah. like was the right the, the great the right match excuse me and all of my clients would be like they never thought about this before they never thought they never thought about relationships before they never like asked me what type of like part i wanted before they never apologized for being a shitty father before and it hit me and i was just like bro like you've been like in here like asking what you can do you know for black men like the first part is like making sure you like channel these messages from like you know these black men who passed to like so they could show or at least help their living descendants see that like they learn and they've grown and they have like a new perspective and I and a lot of that a lot of those conversations have to do with like relationships and romantic relationships and it's just like Man, like, it's weird, because, like, I just met this motherfucker, so I don't know his background, but, like, you know, these cars are telling me to say stuff like, I'm sorry, and mm. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want my grandson being born with you hating me, you know what I'm saying? I'm, like, saying stuff like that, and I'm just like, I don't know what this means, and the client is just like, I know exactly what it means. So, wow. I don't even know if I, like, answer your question or not, but I just kind of feel like, in terms of, like, learning about hoodoo, being focused on like being like an asset um to black men and like serving my community trying to make sure that like black men get the medicine that they need it started it sort of turned into like dead brothers pretty much like telling me to tell their family like hey so-and-so said it was gonna sell mama house split the money but they kept the money so you might want to look into that you know what i'm saying it's like all kinds of stuff that comes up and it's from like it's from people's daddies and granddaddies and uncles and great uncles and yeah, brothers and all I do is just like I hope this makes sense and all the time people are just like yeah 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 it does it's, yes and then there's a lot of healing I think going on in the spiritual realm with our forefathers and I Back. see it and, and and feel it and yes it is it is it is some powerful shit going on so thank yeah you for sharing that oh you're welcome. Um, so I we have to talk about brands by bass night. Like <laughs> that's your whole brand. Mm. Tell us what it is that you do. Your skin looking looking gorgeous. I have some oh, some uh, balm on right now. So can you oh, tell yeah. people about your brand? Um, brands by bass night. I like to call it a modern plant powered skincare line inspired by ancestral healing traditions. Um, and like the inspired by ancestral healing traditions part is like it carries a lot of weight with me because like this company would not exist if I didn't listen to like my, my folks, like, you know, play with these, play with this stuff and learn these plants. And one night I heard this voice say like, 
I was thinking about like if I should like form a LLC, and I was just like, why well, just wait till I get paid? Like, you know, I that's in two weeks, and I heard this voice say, "Use your credit card." <laughs> so I was like, all right, like, I got on the way. I got my, got my wallet and I formed my LLC. I applied for my LLC like that night. So, like, it's a spirit led business to me. My focus is on ski, on skincare. Excuse me. I've asked if I can make other products. I'm always told no. Um, so, like, primarily uh, butters, bombs, oils, um, baths, um, beer care, and uh, everything begins with B because it's my name. Um, oh. Yeah, so I got Bash by Bass Night. That's the uh, Shea Butter Blend. And then there's Balm by Bass Night. That's the Castle Jelly uh, Body Balm. Got Beer by Bass Night. It's like the beer combo. Bathe by Bass Night is the bathing soap. Um, and then Bath mm. by Bass Night is the body oil. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Um, right now, uh, my business is set up, business is set up seasonally. So I'm selling like my butters and my balms. And then in the spring and summer, I switched to like my body oils. But yeah, like it's been it's been a great journey. Like me and my folks, you know, they just telling me how to uh, blend fragrances and make these recipes and how things should look and how should I, how should, how should describe them and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. And it's like everything I shared before about like what I've learned through Hoodoo has been like applied through this business. Because there have been periods when I had to be still and listen. There were periods when I had to just like act, you know what I'm saying? I take action. There were periods when I had to be uh, super patient. Um, so, like, it's, um, man, that could be a fucking discussion within itself. But mm-hmm. yeah, this brings my best night. It's my baby. Um, and it's keeping How me old is it? Three years old. Three years? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Just three. Nice. Yep. Yeah. I love mine. You sent me some and I had a friend come over. She was like, what you got on? I was like this. Why did she take a spoon, scoop out half of mine and put it in a Ziploc? And I'm like, you can't just... <laughs> so I'm just Yo, saying this a testament to, yes, we, we so love I, it. I, I, <laughs> I, hear, I hear stories like this a lot. So, you know. Yeah, she took half the daggone jar in a Ziploc. <laughs> she, better put it, she better put it to good use. Uh, I'm she she need she need to buy me another one because what? But yes, yeah, so I'm just telling my listeners, yes, it the smell is is amazing. Um, okay, so plug your things. Tell us what you do. You you brought up that you do readings, but can you just get into detail? Like, what what services do you offer? We know you sell the butters, but what else? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm also a reader. I read my playing cards. I read uh two days out of the week at the Lotus Den here in Chicago. I also read on Sundays. Uh, like I said before, I do have a discounted rate for black men. Uh, so it's like 25 bucks for like 30, 30 minutes. Um, what else? I'm also working on a line of spiritual products that my people told me to make. And I'm just like, who got the money for this? And they're just like, don't worry about it. Just work on the concept. So working on the concept. Also um, got a download to make a line of uh, prayer candles. <laughs> I'm working on that. That's actually how I cut my finger. Uh, Cause I'm working with like tin cans, and um, ah. I was like wiping the, wiping the can out, and it's like that's my finger. Um, man, what else? Um, it's just a whole bunch of stuff going on, but like I I'm super excited. Um, I'm nervous like half the time because I'm just like I don't know if it's gonna turn out. But for the most part, it's just me like working through the assignments that they give me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like any other time, you just follow me on IG and I'll be ranting and complaining about like um, 
making all of this shit, but I do love it. <laughs> What's your Instagram for the people? Um, at Brands by Bass Night. Okay, Brands by Bass yeah. And then what's your what's your website where people can go book? Website is www.buybassnight.com. So that's B-Y-B-A-S-N-I-G-H-T. You can just hit the services tab and it show all the things that I have to offer for the people. Okay, cool. And how do you feel about, um, I need to start asking people this more, DMs and messages and emails? I'm 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 better with emails. Um, okay. So email. But honestly, my moon is in Gemini and I forget something immediately. So, <laughs> yes. you know, I get to you. But a DM or email is fine. Okay. Okay, cool. Just got to let the people know. Emmanuel, yeah. I appreciate you so much. This was really good. I appreciate our conversation. It was so organic and natural. And um, I'm looking forward to just watching you from afar and all the wonderful things that you have coming out. I'm excited for you. So thank you so much for sharing your time and energy with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. All you need is a little juju. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of ALJ Pod. I appreciate you and I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Emmanuel Bass tonight. Ain't it funny? <laughs> Such good conversation. Um, if you would like to keep up with me, you can follow me on the gram, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. Um, you can put it in your notes to follow me on Twitter at it's Bay right now. I deactivated my account prior to Lent, but I think I'm going to uh, that's going to be what I gave up for Lent. So we'll we'll see how that how that goes. But when I come back, it's going to be it's Bay period. Um, Facebook, I also deactivated for a little bit. It's just too much social media. I'm getting overwhelmed. Too much media. <laughs> so right now, follow me on Instagram. You can also hit me up on my website for any media inquiries. Inquiries about really anything. Um, well, not anything. Okay, let me be specific. Um, bookings. I've been loving teaching at schools and colleges and different clubs have been bringing me on. I love that. So you can hit me up on my site at www.itsjujubae.com. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to another episode. Have a wonderful week, couple weeks until we talk again. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Hey, later.